In the name of Jesus, amen. We're kind of selective about getting advice from people. But I wanted to ask you uh, where the best pizza is in town. I'd be willing to hear all of your recommendations, and I might even try all of them just because I really like pizza. But if you were to offer to me unsolicited advice about how to raise my children or other major life decisions, I might have a very different reaction. We're selective about the kind of advice that we seek and about the way we handle that advice. That's why when, when St. Paul, in Colossians chapter 2, it, it feels a little bit a little bit forceful, maybe even a little presumptuous, that he tells us how to live our lives. He comes right out and says, live your lives in Christ. Now, isn't that a, an important distinction between how we, how we sometimes think about our lives with Christ, um, that, that, we, that we bring Christ along in case we get into um, tricky situations, the way you bring uh, along an emergency preparedness kit, Driving around in the Midwest in the wintertime, you need to have that emergency kit in case you go off the road in a snowbank somewhere. He doesn't say, bring Jesus along as an accessory in your life, an add-on that, that's a good option for you, the way you, you pack your backpack on your way to class every day, or the way you get your briefcase ready before you go to school, before you go to work, or even packing a gym bag in case you have extra time, in case you have extra energy at the end of the day to, to, to squeeze in a workout. Live in Christ, he says. And, and what he's meaning by that is that Jesus is Lord by establishing your values for life. Jesus is supreme when he guides all of your thinking. Jesus is your ultimate good who directs the entire conduct of your life. When we dig down deep into, into what these words are telling us in Colossians chapter 2, we are the ones who get the benefit. Because it's actually Christ who lives in you. Christ is your life. The Apostle Paul says, so then, just as you receive Jesus, Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. It's telling that you that you have Jesus and you haven't just um, received some kind of tradition, you haven't received some kind of, of teaching, you actually have Christ. But he says uh, that you, you have Jesus and that you use Jesus, that you put that into practice in your daily life. Now think about the way uh, a basketball coach might scheme up the ultimate play when a game is on the line. He'll put it in his playbook. He'll, he'll, he'll teach it to the team. Uh, but having it on X's and O's on a whiteboard is very different than actually executing it in a game situation. So the Apostle Paul is, is telling us that we need to keep Christ in the rightful place in our lives. Um, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith that you are taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Jesus, he says, is rooted 
you can be rooted in Jesus, that you have something that establishes you and that allows you to, to stay grounded and growing. And then that God is the one who keeps building you up in Christ. And that you are firm and established when, when outside forces try to topple you over or when you feel like you're about to crumble uh, from the inside. And then there are some positive, some positive benefits when thankfulness comes into our hearts for who Jesus is and what he has done for us. That is able to, to, we're able to take that gratitude for Jesus as an offensive weapon against all the adversaries, the enemies outside of us, the doubts that surge from inside of us. Continue to live in Christ. And there's another powerful reason why St. Paul tells us to continue to live in Christ. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic concepts of the world rather than on Christ. There are spiritual dangers out there. And, and instead of listing off a specific thing, I think there's a reason why the Apostle Paul just talks about human philosophies. He, he's not just pointing out um, Greek Stoic philosophy or or existential philosophy that's more from our time. He's talking about a basic system of thought, not, not something specifically that was, that was put on paper by a philosopher and it was taught in a philosophy classroom, a basic system of thought, because these philosophies come and go just like trends in, in genes. Paul doesn't want to be caught wearing skinny jeans when that trend has already passed by. But there's something else about that, that concept of a, of a basic system of thought. Most often, we don't even choose a philosophy to live by. We don't sit down and consciously adopt, how am I going to approach the world? How am I going to approach life? We just kind of absorb those things. This is... Um, the middle of January, and um, this is the time when most experts would say most people have already abandoned their New Year's resolutions. Now, we know that it's just a flip of a calendar from one page to the next, but it can be a good opportunity uh, to think about your life, to consider the, 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 the things that are going well for you and how you can improve on other things, whether those are minor tweaks or major overhauls. And, and so at, at, at New Year's, you often hear a lot of inspirational quotes. People are offering motivational encouragement. Now, there's a lot of things behind, besides just a, a motto like New Year, New You. There, there are people who, who are telling you to be the best version of yourself to take the action today that will lead you to be proud of the kind of person you can become next year, five years down the road, ten years down the road. And, and those are some healthy attitudes for God's people to adopt. When we think about what we've been given and how we can faithfully use all those gifts that God has given to us. And yet, sometimes it's hard to separate that, that healthy advice 
from the hollow and deceptive philosophy behind so much of the self-help that surrounds us. I want you to consider this piece of advice from a celebrity. Question everything. Look for your own truth. Live your own truth instead of repeating anyone else's. And then there's a best-selling author, Brene Brown. This is what she says. True belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. Now, we can recognize some wisdom in that advice that you don't want to live your lives to, to, to make everybody else happy, that you are, aren't tying your happiness to, to living up to somebody else's expectation and, and usually driving yourself miserable in the process. But it's easy for us to buy into this, this system of thought in our world that disconnects truth from anything absolute. I can have my truth, and it doesn't have to be dominated. It hasn't, doesn't have to be directed by anyone outside of me. Morality is completely internal. I get to choose what is right and what is wrong for me. No one else can, can overrule what your heart is telling you to do. Let's consider another example. Jordan Peterson is a philosopher and an author. Um, it, he, he gets a lot of reaction just for the kinds of things that he says, but a lot of people follow his advice, try to live by his principles for living, and he offers a course on self-improvement that includes self-authoring. He, he's Online writing program helps you to write about, explore your past, your present, and your future. And the website informs that people who spend time writing about themselves become happier, less anxious, less depressed, more physically healthy. And those are all positives. And uh, if you're still interested, you can get the coupon code on NY2023 for a limited time. But for people who need a nudge, to put down the video game controller, to stop scrolling the phone, and to go out there and do something with their lives, it can be a good way to get going. And yet, there's a, a fatal flaw in that program. And it's not just that he originally came up with that program as part of corporate consulting to maximize employee productivity. It's the idea that you write your own story. Your life is your own. You decide. You choose. We all have our plans. We all have our ambitions. We, we can set goals. We can work on self-improvement. But so much of what we hear and what we fail to filter out just from the, the philosophical atmosphere that we're breathing comes from this assumption that this life is all there is. And if this life is all there is, you aren't answerable to anybody else. You don't have to have anyone else decide for you how you are supposed to live your life. Your life is your own. Now, if it's up to you, you have to create, you have to establish, you have to execute your own life. No one else. No one else has to deal with the fallout when you don't get what you want out of life. 
Freedom, then, is found in a life lived without any boundaries. We have no attachment to anything bigger than ourselves. Your growth, your improvement is completely dependent on you. But then that means all the pressure is also on you. You have to shoulder that burden for being the kind of person that you set out to be. You have to, to carry the weight of creating that existence that you are hoping to have. So many of our current issues stem from this faulty way of looking at our own lives, that we, that we are in charge of our own lives. We're not answerable to anybody else. Whether it's anxiety or over-medication, we're suffering under the lie that life is all about what you make of it. We're sick and we're broken, and so much of it is because we live with the assumption that my life is my own. Colossians chapter 2 gives us a, a remedy to that kind of thinking. The, all the, the things that, that trouble our souls, that crush our spirits, uh, Colossians tells us that there's something bigger that you are connected to, that there is a life that you are brought into someone else's life that, that brings you into something much bigger, much more meaningful. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. There is nothing bigger and better than what Jesus has done with his life. That Jesus has brought you into something that you could never achieve on your own. All of Achieving all of your goals and all of your plans could never give you what Jesus has already done for you. Instead of a deceptive philosophy, Jesus gives you truth that is utterly reliable. Instead of something that is hollow, devoid of any value, Jesus gives you something powerful, life-transforming. We can recognize there, there's a reason why, why people want to live in freedom. They want to get out from under any kind of authority. So often authority involves some kind of abuse. You can think about the medieval religious hierarchy that was meant to keep people in fear or, or whatever monarchy was out there um, was meant to keep an elite group of people in power and everybody else out. You don't get a say and how you live your life. Someone else in power chooses. None of us wants that. Unless it's someone else with a completely different kind of authority than what we've ever encountered before. Jesus made his entire life about you. Jesus came to pursue not his goal, but an ultimate goal. Jesus didn't follow worldly philosophy or human wisdom. He followed an eternal plan that was set in place ever since our first parents fell into sin. Jesus didn't follow his own desires and passion, but kept on track with perfect obedience throughout every phase of his life. And when he was opposed by religious leaders and political obstacles, Jesus continued with his life. Jesus continued all the way until his life went to the cross. 
Jesus continued all the way to the cross because he knew that his ultimate good for all people meant his life ended in an empty tomb. But that wasn't the end of the story. Jesus rose victoriously so that you can have life. Living in Christ isn't, doesn't subject you to some crazy cult leader or some evil egomaniac dictator, but it connects you to the one who gave up everything so that you can have life, who left his throne in heaven, who gave up power and glory and honor so that he could live his life to bring you into God's presence. Jesus even offers some goals for, for, for your year, for your week, for your life. He says your, your baptism is your key to your identity. Uh, Colossians 2 says, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Each day is your opportunity to grow in that baptismal identity. That all the things that are holding you down, all the things that are holding you back, all the things that are attacking you from the inside have been drowned out in your baptism. That a new life has risen with Jesus in his resurrection. And Jesus has won the definitive, the authoritative victory over all the forces of evil by his cross. In your baptism, his victory is yours. Christ is your life. There are certain things in life that you, you just can't do without when you're very young. You can't imagine going to bed without having your blanket, maybe your favorite stuffy. When, when you get older, maybe it's the, the, the things that make school bearable, like being part of the basketball team or in the band. Newlyweds often experience this, this separation that is, that is quite a struggle. For the very first time that she has to go uh, to a conference out of town, or he has to, to go on a business trip that he can't talk his way out of. It can, be, it can be almost heartbreaking for them to spend time apart and can't wait for that to end. Jesus never wants to be apart from you. Jesus wants to go with you wherever you go, to be there no matter what you are going through. But even better, to experience Jesus ruling in your heart by his peace. To have every thought dominated by Jesus and what he is, who he is, and what he has done for you. To go confidently in every experience having his presence. To know that all you can ever know or experience about God you have through faith in Jesus Christ. To know Jesus is your life. Amen.